0: as we face you jesus in the tabernacle as we initiate this very special time of conversion of grace of transformation into the life of jesus we ask you lord in the blessed sacrament to bless us with this spirit of penance which is the entrance way to your heart. And we want to be witnesses of the gospel, and to the degree that we immerse ourselves in Christ, to that degree we can be witnesses, because what does a witness do but proves that Christ is real? We need to speak about Christ by our witness, by implementing that new commandment, which is to love as he is loved. Jesus promises that others will follow him if they see that love in his disciples. And we all know the drill. We all know the high standards of the gospel. But one thing is knowing, the other thing is living it. And with the grace of God, we can. We can approach that high goal of being a light of the world. He really is that light of the world. We participate in his radiance by uniting ourselves to him. And what is the template of our Lent? The template is that beaten up dead man, stripped of his garments, hanging on a cross. That's our template. And why did he wait 33 years to hang on the cross? Because his whole life is a crescendo in revealing love. That self-giving love that began with his birth and culminated as he hung on the cross. It's our template because it's, the perfect act of self-emptying, St. Paul, in what is traditionally known as the kenosis verses, kenosis I think means self-emptying, describes the life of Jesus as one big act of self-emptying, emptying his, himself on our behalf. And we get to know Jesus, obviously, by contemplating the gospel and inserting ourselves into the scenes and reconstructing the scenes and taking his words personally. But that's only half of it or part of it. We need to experience his self-emptying. We can't get to know him any other way. Plagiarizing, you're allowed to do that when it comes to the gospel. And spiritual writers uh, Bishop Barron he says like knows like and by the same token I could only know what self-giving love is by participating in Christ's self-giving love God is love and the greatest translation of what that means is that dead man on the cross And so hence Jesus tells us that we could only know him by sharing in his self emptying. I think this was yesterday's gospel. And he said to all all is a very important word because he says okay, every one of you take it personally. I'm speaking to you personally. If Anyone wants to come after me. So step number one, I got to want to come after him and follow him. Well, Lord, that's why I'm spending part of my Friday night here because I want to follow you. I'll party after, but right now I'm here with you. So I have to, I want to do it. And then he says, okay, you got to fulfill two more conditions. First, got to want to. You can't be forced to. you got to make it your own. And let him or her deny himself and take up his or her cross daily. And the daily means this is something that is part of our life. That's the daily part. I don't know if it literally means every single day, but he's making a point. This is a very important part of your discipleship. But but step number one before you accept the cross, not chronologically, is that I need to be in conditions to share in his self-emptying. And so I need to get into the habit of saying no to myself. Why? So that I own myself, because I can't give of myself in his self-emptying unless I have myself. We're all slaves to certain things. That's going to be our lot for the rest of our lives, but we have to keep little by little liberating ourselves from the slavery of different expressions of selfishness that we can't get rid of completely. I don't, please don't take it personally. It's one of the effects of original sin. Some are better actors or actresses than others, but we all have it. And so our Lord is saying that you got to learn how to deny yourself in order to share my cross. Hence, this is typical language of saints. We'll quote the way here. And uh, Saint Jose Maria says, when he's a young priest, under the heading of apostle, the cross on your breast, good, but the cross on your shoulders, the cross in your flesh, the cross in your mind. Thus will you live for Christ, with Christ, and in Christ. Only thus will you be an apostle. And this is a key point anytime, but especially during Lent. And we always need to go through the steps because we are culturally legalistic and there's a positive side to being legalistic i mean society gets very chaotic when the law is not taken seriously we take the law seriously but with that being said we have to always go through the steps why am i giving up uh, gum well because i want to f- connect with our lord we got to see that we got to go through the steps Why did I just turn off the radio? Well, it's Lent and I'm going to see if I can go without the radio. Or why am I going without coffee? And going through withdrawal symptoms for the next two days. Because I want to connect with Him. It's not, definitely, it's not a test of how tough we are or how strong our willpower is. All right. The cross is the Entrance way into the life of Christ. So let's see what we must do to self-empty. What must I do to get to know you, Jesus? This is the knowledge of the heart, the knowledge of friends, knowledge of family. We know each other because we love each other. We don't, we don't know each other because I know all sorts of facts about you. I love you because you're my friend, or my sibling, or my parent. In Ash Wednesday's Gospel, we're not going to read the Gospel, I'm going to paraphrase, but I'm going to read today's first reading. Jesus spells out three contact points, in a certain sense three areas of self-denial, three ports of entry into the life of Christ And what he mentions first is God's most salient perfection. He doesn't have perfection in parts. He's a transcendent being. But St. Thomas Aquinas says that the, the perfection that sticks out most in God, and we know this very clearly through Christ, is God's mercy. And so the first contact point with Christ is almsgiving. I know I have some Greek scholars here, so i got to be careful. Um, and just for the record, i how do I know this stuff? Again, I plagiarized. Uh, I've read a spiritual book, a commentary on St. Matthew, and that's, you know, maybe plagiarization is too strong a word. But when it comes to the spiritual life, we're supposed to use spiritual writers and all you know, that. Anyway, I took it from him, and he said that the original word for alms is elymosyne, and he started to describe the, the, the suffix, it's S-Y-N-E. Those are not Greek letters, I mean, it's translated into R letters. And he said, traditionally, uh, almsgiving means to give what you possess, like money, that's almsgiving, donations, contributions. And the, the commentator says that the original meaning, the literal meaning of Elimosine, because when you get the S-Y-N-E, I hope, uh, I'm correct, or I hope he's correct, because I'm just saying what he said, uh, it means mindedness. S-Y-N-E means mindedness. And the original meaning of the word Elimosine is mercy-mindedness. It's mercy. And it's interesting to know because the early writers, both Greek and Latin, stress that acts of mercy are key for Lent. We're talking 4th century. Name one. Well, Peter Chrysologus, okay? That's one of them. And he he says specifically that unless that peace is there, fasting and prayer does not work. He says that's kind of the animating force to prayer and fasting. He says you need all three. You can't One can't go without the other. But he says what can't be is prayer and fasting can never be effective without deeds of mercy. So we'll look at that a little bit. So we'll read Isaiah. Now this is almost 800 years before Christ. And everything in the Old Testament is a preview of Christ. To understand the Old Testament, as St. Augustine says, we have to read the the Old Testament in the light of the Gospels. And what Isaiah is saying, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is he is telling us the will of Christ, how to follow Christ. And so he's, um, what does he say here? He says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Well, I don't know the Greek phrase, but the Latin phrase says, which literally means pray without ceasing. So he's setting a high bar. Declare to my people their transgression to the house of Jacob, their sins. Yet they seek, now he's complaining. Isaiah is complaining about the chosen people. Uh, We could put these words into the words of the mouth of Christ as well. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. And if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God, they ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure." "'and oppress all your workers. "'Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight "'and to hit with wicked fist. "'Fasting like yours this day "'will not make your voice to be heard on high. "'Is such the fast that I choose "'a day for a man to humble himself? "'Is it to bow down his head like a rush "'and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? "'Will you call this a fast "'and a day acceptable to the Lord?' Is not this fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo, undo tongs of, thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. So in Old Testament lingo, what is, there's a complaint there. God is complaining through Isaiah. He says, I, don't, I won't tolerate your devotions and your observances and putting the garments of a penitent on yourself, that sackcloth, and throwing ashes in the, way, in the air, let it land on your head. I want the bottom line... I want you to treat one another with love. That's what he's saying. And he's not saying, I don't want fasting. But he is saying, I'm not going to even pay attention to any kind of observance unless that piece is very much in play. So what does that mean for me? That's the hardest part. I was having a conversation with a generic young man and young woman. All right? Why do I say generic? It's more than one conversation. Few. And I'm always uh, impressed with young people. Um, they, I, 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 I always try to tone down their fasting. I tell them, you've got to study, and you know I don't want you to damage your, your ability to work and even your health. Um, Not going to eat anything all of Wednesday. <laughs> all right. And then when they pass out, I get in trouble because they think I, I did it, or I told them to do it. Uh, and Friday, at the end, maybe a little bread and water, just to tide me over for the night. And this happens. Good, great, excellent young people. Oh. What else are you going to do? You don't think that's good enough? Well, oh, 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 and the kids say said, oh, 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 I'm going to do some Eucharistic adoration and stations of the cross on Friday. Hey, you can't dispute that. That's pretty, as you people would say, that's pretty awesome. All right? So I said, well, one thing's missing. He said, well, I don't know. Father, come on. I mean, you know, know, little by little. You want me to do more fasting? I go, of course not. I think that's overdoing it too, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I noticed that you didn't talk about deeds of kindness and deeds of affection. Oh. I go, wait, 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 no, no. Oh, you know, this is what the book says here. You know, it's not that exciting. It won't make the headlines. You don't feel good about yourself. And and some of the pushback I forget was so vague. What does that mean? Well, it means what it means. Uh, what would that mean for ordinary life? And... And some people have been very honest with me. They say, they say, you know, doing it once is not heroic, but doing it every day and maybe not getting reciprocity starts to become very challenging. And that is to reach out to people, lift their spirits, uh, encourage them, have a smile, say hi, identify with their concern. Be a good listener. That's, to me, that's what the Lord is saying. You know, I don't think anybody's going to punch anybody out. Like Isaiah says, stop punching people. Uh, but I was, uh, I, was ta- I was on a plane, and uh, there was loud talk in front of me. And you know, I was trying to do my divine office on a plane last week. And um, there was a couple in front of me. And they both were talking, both talking about, the woman was talking about herself and you know family and different events. And uh, every time she would make a statement, I mean, they're so loud, I wasn't eavesdropping, it wasn't all that interesting, but um, every time she made a statement and she was kind of emoting a little bit, he would top her statement with his own episode, with his own experience. So after a while, I was just trying to, I don't know. He said, didn't you have any better things to do? It was so loud, I was distracted. And uh, so I was just kind of observing. I, could, I was just sitting there behind them. I said, let's see if he ever comments on what she says. You know, she ran two marathons that year and uh, got a lot of blisters, and he got more blisters than she did, all right? Uh, she went on a big bike trip and. Well, he rode a mountain bike, you know, uphill for a half hour. So everything she said, he topped it. She lost her grandfather, and it's been a tough two months. He lost his grandmother, and he was always very close to the grandmother. So it was kind of interesting. He never piggybacked on what she said. Uh, His reaction was, okay, I'm going to tell you my story. And so they're both telling each other's story, and no comments, you know. I, so that was pretty. I'd be lying if I said that it was pretty interesting. But it was kind of interesting to see that. Some, I think one of them would have really liked to be listened to, you know. Especially when I could tell you an interesting story, you know. Hey, I, I ran the marathon. Well, I ran two. Oh, okay, great. Um, my pet dog died. Well, my cat and my pet dog died. So anyway, so that could be a good, good, being a good listener is a service. It's just an example. And, uh, let's pray about it. You know, no, it it is harder than fasting in a sense because it's vague. You know, it's, it's fluid. It's, we make it up as we go along, but it's crystal clear that it's what our Lord wants. And our Lord even made it very, very clear. I want mercy and not sacrifice. He's not saying I don't want any sacrifices, but if you don't give me mercy, I don't want your sacrifice. Because what I want you to do is honor my image in every person. And I want, to, I want you to honor my cross in every person, because I died for that person. I spilled my blood and offered my body for that person. And I want you to honor my cross by honoring that person and honoring, glorifying me by loving that person. We'll figure it out. And and we have to do it in concentric circles. And it has to be unconditional. Well, if I didn't have these people in my hall, I would be more charitable. But, you know, this motley crew who, who are on my hall or in my class, or even in my family, you know. Just if I had different people, I'd be I'd be on top of my game, but, you know, I don't think God should expect me to love people unconditionally, especially this set of array of people who surround me. No, nope. unconditional love. Those closest to me first. And we have to love in concentric circles first. Those closest to me. And then my friends, then my acquaintances. But always, we're always on to give a witness of Christ. Secondly, prayer is key because there's no way we can have that heart of Christ, display that heart of Christ, unless we put a lot of time into prayer. Prolonged time. We want to imitate Jesus and everything. Jesus didn't say a quickie, he spent 40 days and 40 nights in prayer. Literally, I don't think so. Long time, yes. A lot of fasting, yes. He was visibly weakened and pale and hungry. That's why the first temptation was, hey, listen, if you got what it takes, turn that rock into a nice fresh loaf of bread. Wouldn't you like that right now after all that fasting? And our Lord says, no, we live on we don't live on We don't live on bread alone, but every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Now, that literally means we live off of what Christ tells us to do. And so, prayer is a a very important piece here. And that I commune, that I I create silence with our Lord. Because what do I do? I, I get refueled in love. I don't have it here. But in the Forge, and probably other writings, too, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it in you, know, American lingo. Uh, Saint Jose Maria says, "Don't write yourself off." You know? And a lot of people do. They write themselves off and say, "Well, I don't have what it takes to really show my heart and show my affection." or, "I'm Nordic." And so God should give me a pass because that's my lot in life. I'm Nordic, so I'm going to love Nordically, and you know it's nothing compared to Mediterranean types and Latin types. He didn't say that. I don't think the Lord ever said that. You know. Uh, so Saint Joseph says you never can write yourself off, and he, you know, he says it in a no-nonsense way, but it is positive. He says if we lack kindness and love. It's a sign that we're not connecting with Christ. It's a lack of piety. So he says, if we want to really love, I need to spend time with love. And that is Christ. I mean, love only comes from God. And self-giving love only comes from Him. And I absorb, I don't know, it's probably not the right word, but I I, I draw from that water... Of everlasting life from the heart of our Lord, and that comes through piety. It's there's all sorts of examples we have. We're lights, but we're not light absolutely. We radiate the light of Christ just the way a lamp does, because the lamp is connected to the source. If it's not, it doesn't radiate. And what's that radiation? It's the mercy, it's the affection. It's the kindness, which that that's the, those are the components of being a witness for Christ. I'm just reminded when you're my age, you'll be you'll experience more wakes. Not that I wish that on you, but I did three funerals in one week. It just brought back some memories of. Uh, I'm thinking about. It's more than that, but I'm thinking about. Specifically, four holy people, and they're different, but they shared something in common. It was kind of encouraging, and in each wake, and it doesn't happen all the time. You know, usually it doesn't, but these four times, right. the commentary by family and friends—some were not practicing Christians or Catholics. They all said, both men and women, what a capacity to love. What a friend. What a father. What a brother. What a buddy. What a friend. Both men and women. And they all said the same thing. When women said they got teary-eyed, men repressed. But they said, what a friend she was. What a friend he was. Okay, Number one. Number two, all of these people Spent a lot of time in prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, this is, we're on retreat every day. But we've, it has to be a priority. It has to be prolonged. But prolonged could be 10 minutes, could be 15 minutes, could be a half hour. My recommendation is don't do a half hour if you're not doing any, if you're not creating any silence. Begin with five minutes and then 10 minutes. And use the scriptures, use the way, have a set time. You have a set time to retire so you wake up early enough to have time to spend your first moments in prayer. And let's see it as a service in order to radiate the light of Christ. It doesn't work without prayer. The So that that's one of the resolutions we want to make. Uh, to spend that time to have a, a time of prayer. And thirdly, is that Jesus mentions in his um, Sermon on the Mount, almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. Fasting, as we get from Isaiah, well, am well, you're gonna panic because I'm a little over a half hour, and I'm only I'm, I just got to fasting, and it's Lent. So you're gonna say, well, the guy needs another half hour. I do, but I'm bailing out. All right. So I'm gonna just say what young people have told me. Uh, well, one person told me I'm going to do something very heroic, subjectively speaking. I go, what's that? I thought he was going to give up food too. He wasn't. He said, this is harder than food. I go, what is it? It's says, Twitter. I go, oh, is that is that is it that hard? He said, well, listen, you would know how hard it is if you were u- using that. I go, okay. And then another young person said, I'm giving up. I'm only going to look at the internet a couple of times a day. Um, and I, he, he says because uh, you know I'm a news junkie, and so I so I don't, I'm going to stop. This. So I have to pray for him so he only looks at the internet twice a day. Uh, so and then another person's going to put their little phone on on silence because they you know they get, they get a little electrical charge every time there's a beep. They got another text or an email uh, because their phone is on. Bells and whistles when some things happen. So, whatever it is, what would be something to deny ourselves so we could connect with our Lord? You know, uh, yes, food and drink, but I think it goes further than that. You know, fasting our pride in some sort of way, fasting certain inclinations that if we control them more, we connect more with people and our Lord. Well, anyway, we, let's put all those good intentions in the uh, hands of Our Lady and. St. Joseph, and ask them to pray for us so that I could take this point very seriously. This is part of the self-emptying that Christ invites us to participate in. Why don't you give yourself to God once and for all, really, now? Well, this Lent is a great time to start that process. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations You've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Holy Mary, our hope handmaid of the Lord.